Welcome back to the Sangat Talks podcast. Now, this is where we try to understand the value of Sangat, try to remove misconceptions from Sikhi, and try to learn how to become a better Sikh. So today, I'm joined by Agam. So thank you very much, Agam, for coming on today. Now, the first thing that I wanted to do is, you guys might have seen that me and Agam were on TikTok, and this is where our main platform is for Sikhi. Um, first question I wanted to ask Agam is, what actually got you involved in Sikhi? Like, where did that Sikhi knowledge and background come from? Well, like Jika Khalsa, like to everyone. Hope everyone had a good New Year's. Um, so starting off with the first question regarding Sikhi, I was pretty privileged to grow up in a Sikhi um, family. Like, I attended a lot of Sikhi summer camps, Sikhi groups and stuff. So I was always, like, had this interest for Sikhi, but... In high school, I had, I realized that my group of friends were not too good. I was straying away from Sikhi. I, I was not really, I kept my case, everything like that, but I was not doing my part and my nickname. And this December month, which just went by, was actually one of the months which really hit me into getting involved into Sikhi. Because when you look at the multiple, when you look at the Shihidis, the Jab Saib Zabe, the Sirsa Nadi, Anandapur, Jamkor, all these kind of little things uh, which happen in Sikh history, they're very critical to understanding how, you know, what Sikhi really is and what our ancestors had to do and sacrifice for us to be Sikhs today. And I realized that, although like, for example, the Chote Saib Zadi Shihidi, right? Uh, Baba Fateh Singh being so young and looking at Wazir Khan and unafraid of death, he's, he's not afraid of anything. And I realized that if I'm 17 years old, I can't hold my Sikhi Sikhub. I can't do my nitname. It's a, it's a shame for me to be a Sikh today. It's a, like there's too much blood spilled from my ancestors. And that's when I realized that going into grade 12, my senior year, that I have to change my life around. And my grandpa uh, lives really close to the Gurdwara. So I would visit him during the summer. And he would go to Amritville every day for four o'clock. I right? walk there to the Gurdwara. And Going there every single day in the summer was really, really inspiring, like listening to Nithinim, listening to the Barneys, listening to Nam Simran. And I started reading more into Sikh Itihas. I think if anyone wants to get, you know, closer to Sikhi, what really helped me was Sikh history and looking at the Shahids. And all these things combined really, you know, really got me um, into my path for Sikhi. Oh, that's very interesting. I feel like it's definitely a similar story with me. Yeah, I think the Itihas. So did you say that you read that yourself? Like when you'd go to the Gurdwara and things like that, is that something that you did by yourself? Or is it something that was introduced to you by others? So it was uh, briefly introduced. Like, for example, Amrit Sanchar of Guru Gobind Singh Sahib, right? Like that, that's Saki we've heard uh, growing up. But I really wanted to get into like the details and stuff. I really wanted to know what actually happened in Jumkor. We've also heard Sakis. So uh, it was always introduced to me, but I started reading books. I started, you know, listening to Tata's, uh, going into six circles, having these discussions. But that's what really kind of inspired me to even learn more because I looked at the six I'm around and I realized that, wow, these people have so much knowledge and I, I kind of want to become like them. So having good sangat, I think we can both agree on, is really critical for being a, for being a good Sikh because it really inspires you to even, you know, learn more and become a better Sikh. No, for sure, for sure. So it's interesting to me as well because I think there's definitely been a lack 
of education when it comes to sick key. So for me as well, like when I'm, even now, like I thought, you know, I've heard all these sakis before, I've heard all these things before. I know what happened within history because when I was young, my parents would tell me, I was around saying that then they would tell me. Um, but there's been a real disconnect between like sakis and like the true sources as well. And the things that we're told today. So I remember when we were younger, you mentioned the Chota Sabzade. I remember reading a, a, a Saki book and it said that when the Chota Sabzade were executed, then the heads fell to the ground and they both looked at each other and smiled. And the Sakis that were being taught that were, when we were younger, slowly, I feel like there's definitely becoming parts where it's disconnecting us from our history because it's disconnected from the truth of what actually happened. And these Sakis are what inspire us. I think that you're right, like moments like this within December, when we hear about the Shaheeds, when we hear about all the different things that happened within Sikki, it's so important that we understand what actually happened. But with the way that information is being shared now, it's very easy for that to be false information, not to be backed up by sources. And if people don't know the right truth, then how are they going to teach their kids? Do you know what I mean? Like how is Sikki yeah. going to continue if we don't actually know the right things? So in terms of you finding out accurate information, because within your TikToks as well, I've, I've watched quite a lot of them and you really try to make sure that everything is like based within fact, based within, based within history. So how do you go about doing that when there is a, a good amount of false information out there about Sikki? I think the biggest thing for that is when you have to get your sources and your information from trusted like Mahapuraks, right? Uh, there's a lot of Sikhs out there who have thousands of recordings. Like for example, Gyani Sher Singh has thousands of recordings on SoundCloud and YouTube. And you know, people like Gyani Gurbachan Singh Ji, Khasa Pindrale, Yani Sun Singh Maskingi. I kind of listen to these people growing up and I've, before I even watch a new scholar or look at a new like Pracharak, I kind of go into their history and make sure like, where were they raised? Where did they get Santia from? Where, you know, did they study at the Taksal? Which kind of Jathibandi are they involved in and stuff like that? Because as you mentioned nowadays, even on TikTok or uh, on YouTube, there are a lot of people who are trying to twist Sikhi, who are not, they, they're taking, that's what my recent video was on uh, in TikTok as well. People are taking Pankhtiya uh, of Gugan Sabji and they're using it to spread hatred. And they're not looking at the context. They're not looking at the Ang. They're not looking at which guru is saying this to, who they're saying it to, what's the metaphorical meaning behind it, what's the literal meaning behind it. So the best way for you to like make sure you're getting your authentic information is to go to the well-trusted scholars, well-trusted, um, you know, Sikh, Mahapuraks, um, Baba Isha Singh Rana Sai Wale, and these type of people, like, who get darshan of Guru Gobind Singh Sai, right? These people are people who spent their entire life on Sikhi, like from the beginning. And that's where you're going to get your uh, accurate information. And I wanted to go back on a point you talked about earlier about the, the lack of education. And that's something that we see in, I think in all religions, like nowadays millennials, especially, they're not, they're not as religious compared to our older generation. And I think a part of that problem is the older generation's lack of uh, failing to educate us. Like, for example, our generation, I see, I see it a lot that we're very curious. For example, you have to keep our hair. We're going to ask why we have to keep our hair. A lot of us are going to ask that why. Maybe in the older generation, they didn't ask that specific why. They were just told, hey, you're supposed to keep your hair. You're supposed to do this. And they started following it. So when we ask these questions, why we're supposed to do this, 
why are we supposed to wear a kirpan? And the older generation don't have an answer, like our parents don't have an answer. That's where the issue lies. And that's where we start to question, okay, this seems like it's just rituals. This seems like it's, you know, like there's no meaning behind it. And that's one of the biggest disconnects we've seen between the older and the younger generation. No, I think that's very accurate as well. I feel like a lot of the time, the older generation, when they, they're asked about Sikhi, because they were never given answers, they just pass on yeah. the same kind of washed out answers. Or, oh, this is what you have to do. Or this is what a Sikh does. And they, they don't understand the history. And it's like, that's why there's such a big disconnection. And I feel like even like, I'm, I'm sure you've heard about Bill Saf people where I, I, I'm not that educated on them. <laughs> but basically they say like, oh, all you need to do is have a pure heart and then like follow like the the core themes of Sikhi and that that's enough but obviously if that wasn't enough then the gurus wouldn't have laid any foundation for us they would have just said here's some morals go practice them do you know what I mean like yeah. it, it's it almost feels like that whole movement has come out of people who didn't understand or weren't educated properly on what Sikhi was truly about so it is really disheartening to see that that big gap and obviously now I think with people like you coming forward and talking about these things, given clear information, there's one thing that I want to go back to actually. With the information that you mentioned, I think all of the people that you talked about, they all speak Punjabi. And a lot of the youth now don't know how to speak Punjabi. Even if I think about the people that I know that are six, unless their mom speaks Punjabi, even if their mom or dad speak Punjabi, very, very few of them actually can speak Punjabi and understand it clearly. And I think that, again, is a huge disconnect because it's like, well, who are the trusted sources that speak English? Very, very few of those people out there. Very few. And yeah. again, that, that's another problem. People don't understand Punjabi. They can't go to the correct sources about things. So I've I seen the TikTok that you made about that as well, about how you said for your New Year's resolution, it should be to try and learn Punjabi. But how else has Punjabi helped you to understand more about Sikhi other than just through like listening to Gata? So has it, has it had any other effect? I think when we read Gurbani in Punjabi, first of all, when you leave the Punjabi Akhar, you get a different pronunciation compared to when you read it in English. And if you take Santhya, you'll know that there's a big difference. And when you want to read Shodabani, you have to understand Punjabi. So even doing your nickname, when it comes to English, it's a little hard to get that same pronunciation to the Punjabi letters. And another thing is um, when you translate to English, some things don't make uh, sense. Some things are lost in those translations, right? Like in the Jabti Sahib, it talks about like there's lak lak dariyao. Dariyao means river in English. But right here, Lak Lak Dariyao is not referring to river in the sense. It's referring to like there's thousands of life forms, right? So when you look at Punjabi and when you look at the scholars who talk about this stuff in Punjabi, they're going to talk about, you know, the Punjabi translations compared to the English translations. And I think the for people who want to get into Sikhi, Punjabi Sikho, right? And there are English um, scholars as well, I think. Gurmat Vibek on YouTube is a, a Sikhi channel. Obviously, Basics of Sikhi is quite well known. Um, I think Nanak Nam is also, they speak in English and stuff. So these kind of um, English scholars would give you a good insight. But again, going back to Punjabi is something that if you really want to understand the true value of Sikhi, that's 
something that you should prioritize um, for security. Yeah, I do feel like Punjabi, if you want to understand the history, if you want to understand what Gurbani is talking about, it, it's almost non-negotiable that you have to know yeah. Punjabi, that it's such a it's such a core to like everything else that goes on within Sikhi that, yeah, I just feel like I'm so lucky to actually be able to understand Punjabi. I can speak it relatively as well, but if I couldn't listen to Punjabi gutter or even reading Punjabi books, then my knowledge would be so limited. Like there's good sources out there, the basics of Sikhi Nanakdam, things that you mentioned. Yeah. They're good that they're out there, but they can't explain to you the depth of Sikhi. And even when they're explaining it, you're not going to get that same emotion. When someone speaks in Punjabi, I'm sure that you do it. You might do it's it as different. well. It's so like, different. <laughs> when you get passionate about something, do you start speaking Punjabi as well? Bilkul, bilkul. Yeah, <laughs> I try to, I try, I record it Punjabi, for Punjabi both or in the year. I'm like, I don't know if everyone's going to understand this. So then I, I go back and I say that same part in English, but it's not the same feeling, right? It's not yeah. the same thing. No, for sure, for sure. So yeah, I, I think Punjabi is, is it's such a critical point. Um, no, it's interesting because I think we can both agree, like, obviously, there's a, there's a lot of different things that are going on within Sikina that need attention, Punjabi being one of them. And you said that, but first, one of the main things that you should do is learn Punjabi if you want to be a Sikh. Um, and I definitely agree with that. However, I feel like for a lot of people, learning an entirely new language is a very big step. And it's, if it's like your Sikhi might not be that strong right now, trying to learn Punjabi just to strengthen your Sikhi it might not be the most manageable well. So what do you think is a manageable step for someone who's quite new to Sikhi to actually get into it? I think uh, Japji Saab, learning Japji Saab is the best way to start because Japji Saab, we've heard like a lot of scholars say that Japji Saab has basically everything. It's like kind of like a summary of the entire Gran Saab. It talks about, you know, it has the Prem Ras in it. It talks about a lot of different things. So for people starting to really get involved in Sikhi, if, you know, learning a new language, like I said, it is difficult as well, and it's time-consuming. Um, Japji Saab is a great way. Uh, what you can do also is listen to Japji Saab by listening to, that's how I learned Jab Saab properly, because I would not have the correct pronunciations at times, so I would actually listen on YouTube, and I would hear it over and over again, how they're pronouncing certain words, and that's how I would start to pronounce it too. So if you are also struggling to even pronounce Japji Saab, there's a lot of recordings in Kirtan or just in monotone voices. And I think basics of Sikhi, because uh, for English as well, they gave a whole, every body they gave like in one hour translation and meeting and stuff like that. So that is something that's really useful. I used to watch those like uh, a few years back and that kind of really gave me a good understanding. So start with Japji Saab. Um, listening to Kirtan is always a good way to Getting closer, uh, getting closer to Gurbani as well. Like Gurbani is Kirtan, Kalyug me Kirtan Pardana, right? Kirtan is given such a big value. And when you listen to it, especially early in the morning, it makes your whole day like blissful. Like you, you go into a really positive mood and it really helps you throughout your entire day. And doing like Vaiguru Simran is very easy to do as well. You know, you're just doing Vaiguru, Vaiguru with your eyes closed. And a lot of people do say that, like, when they start with their Sikhi journey, they kind of get distracted, right? Like, especially if you're doing a part from a phone, you know, sometimes notifications are popping and stuff like that. So it's best if you can find a gutka, which has, like, you know, if you can't read Punjabi, you can read the English as well. 
and close your eye. If you do have your part memorized, close your eyes, especially when listening to Kirtan or doing non-swimming, close your eyes because that's going to like lower the distractions around you. You know, you're only focusing on a call at that time. So I think those are all steps that we can take to get closer and, sick- and start your Sikhi journey essentially. Yeah, definitely. And I think one thing that I'd add on top of that as well is if you have questions, ask them and try and find out the answers. A lot of people just, you know, they're quiet in their mind and they say, oh, I have this question, but no one's answered it, or I'm not sure where to find the answer. And because of that, I'm just going to ignore it. And when you ignore it, then it's like, it leaves a gap within your sikhi. And if you keep doing that, it builds up. And then if someone comes and questions you, oh, you don't, you don't cut your case. Well, why is that? And then you've got no answers. Then you start to feel insecure about your sikhi. So when you're starting to build your sikhi journey, ask as many questions as you can. Ask us, like literally on TikTok or something like that. If you have questions, like literally reach out because I know for a fact that when I was growing up, I would struggle to ask questions or there's, pe- there's people within my sangha that I knew, oh, they're very knowledgeable, but I didn't feel comfortable asking them. And that's a great shame within the Sangat because we have so many knowledgeable people. We have so many people who, that know so much about Sikhi. Why are we not actually speaking to them? Why are we not having these conversations and asking these questions that we need to hear the answers to? So yeah, when it comes to Sikhi, when you're starting out, ask as many questions as you possibly can because ignoring these questions doesn't do any good for your Sikhi. All right. So I had a couple other questions. So one question was how has Sangat influenced your Sikhi? I think Sangat, I talked about the, like briefly about my high school friends and having, finding good Sangat was a little difficult for me because I do live in an area where uh, it's like, I know Tr- I'm from Toronto, right? And the really well-known city here is Brampton where like, that's like the majority of the Sikh population. Yeah. So I live like around like 45, 50 minutes away from Brampton uh, up, up north. And there's not a lot of six here. So I started going to the Gurdwara and I found, you know, six who like, there was a lot of like Punjabi classes uh, or there was a lot of like Gatka classes, Kirtan classes there. And that's where I kind of really got to know, you know, go to six there and find out people were, okay, hey, like there's actually people who are interested in Sikhia in like my age level that I can become friends with. And that Sangat, like what we did is we would every week, we would come to the Gurdwara every weekend on Sunday and we would ask each other like difficult questions. Like we would always have this kind of question like, okay, what's this controversy on, for example, like meat or what's this controversy on this topic and stuff like that. And then we'd go back for the week and kind of research and stuff like that. And then we would also have like calls or like we would have a group chat where we're like, did everyone do their rasab yet? Did everyone do this uh, this stuff yet? If not, then okay, let's hop on a call. Let's all do the rasab together. So when you have a sangat, it kind of pushes you to, you know, like when you see people also putting in that effort to become a better Sikh, it inspires you that, okay, maybe I should also do my part and not all my nitlin. And they kind of really got me onto this kind of, you know, train of actually doing my nickname every day because I, I kind of struggled with doing that. Like a lot of times I'd be like, okay, I'll do it later. And then later became never. And then, you know, that day would miss. And then next day would also be missed and stuff like that. So having satsangat is very, like very critical. And it's also like when you're with them, the vibes are really like chardikala vibes, right? When you're with people who are like not sick, they may not understand that kind of passion you have for certain things or that feeling or that, you know, that chardikala spirit that you have. 
And that's why we say like always have to have, you know, it's always good to have sick friends because they kind of, you know, really push you in your journey. So Satsang was really, really helpful. I'm lucky from TikTok as well. I met a lot of good uh, Sikhs online, you know, from different parts of the world. Like for example, you're sitting in the UK, I'm from Toronto, right? It's so cool that we can have this conversation online and a lot of Californian Sikhs and stuff like that. So there's a lot of resources. If you can't find Satsangat right in your area, you can look for online stuff. You can look at your local Gurdwara. And I guarantee you, you will always try to, like you will always find some Sikhs near you, whether it be online or in your local area, which have the kind of same uh, values as you. And it's really important to become friends with those kind of people. Oh, that's really interesting. I mean, I can definitely share the same experience. I had one friend um, who was in the same years. But growing up, I, I seen him like kind of gravitating towards Sikhi. And as soon as he started moving towards for me, because I know that I was being pulled away, I was looking at everything else in the world. And I was thinking, oh, this is maybe what I'm interested in. But just having that one person, like, the difference between having just even one person, if I didn't have them, I know for a fact my Sikhi would have went, it would be in a very, very different place right now. So I'm very grateful for like, even like the small interactions that you have within Sikhi. Um, one thing that you mentioned that I thought was really interesting is that you said you went to the Gudwara and there was Gatka classes, there's Punjabi classes and other things going on. Now, in our local Gudwara, there, was, there used to be a lot of things going on, but now at at this time, I don't think there's that many things going on. I mean, especially with COVID and things like that. But just generally speaking, I feel like a lot of people, as they get older, the responsibilities of Gudwara, like, it's not it's not where it used to be. And I'm sure that the case is very similar in different Gudwara as well. Or maybe the Gudwara becoming a little bit more money-focused. And it's not that same PR, it's not that same passion that you used to see in Gudwara. Is there anything that you think would be a good step to take in terms of fixing Gurdwaras or something that can be done to make Gurdwaras as strong as it used to be? I think the younger generation, like our generation, has to take the responsibility of this. I think we need to stop kind of relying only on our parents to take care of the Gurdwara because once you have that love for Sikhi, you understand the importance of Gurdwara, obviously. Like that's where Guru Pagash is, that's where Langar is served, that's where people get closer to Sikhi. So the best way to get, you know, to improve these Gurdwari are actually kind of taking a step into these kind of positions, learning, doing save out the Gurdwari, right? If if there's no one, like, for example, I have a friend at my local Gurdwara, he's really good at Gatka, and there were no more Gatka classes anymore at this Gurdwara. And he took the responsibility of actually starting the classes again and teaching Gatka to little kids. So if you have a talent, if you know that you're good at Punjabi, you can learn Punjabi, you can teach other people Punjabi, you should try and step up and become like, okay, if there's no Punjabi classes at my Gurdwara, I'll take that responsibility. I'll come every Sunday and teach kids Gurdwara. And there's also what we can do is every Saturday, for example, when I was growing up, we would meet at someone's house and we would do Kirtan and Rasa up there and do Langar there as well. So if you feel like you have a satsangat, which is quite small, you can obviously go to each other's houses and, you know, do part there, do kirtan there. But I would say the best thing for us to do is definitely go to the Gurdwara more. I, th- I feel like our generation doesn't go to the Gurdwara as much. Like when I look at our older generation, they would be going to the Gurdwara every day or every Sunday at least. Nowadays, it's like we might not even go on the Shahidi days. We might not even go on the days where, you know, it really matters. Like, for example, in New Year's, it's packed, right? But when we look at some Shahidis, like Guru Arjun Devi Shahidi, maybe there might not be as many people, which is kind of sad to see that we're not understanding the importance of going to the Gurdwara. So 
it's best to get involved uh, in these kind of different matters because we have to take the responsibility on ourselves now. No, 100%. And I feel like one thing that I've seen a lot is that when you start taking some responsibility, then other people automatically come and start helping out with it. Yeah. Like I'm sure even you find it with doing like Seva through TikTok and like sharing sticky stories, like people will then just come up and be like, oh, is anything that we can do to help? Is anything like, like it's really good. And that support comes as soon as you start doing it. But until you start doing it, nothing's going to change. So someone needs to step up. And yeah, I feel like the way that Sikkim moves forward is through people stepping up, which actually leads me very nicely onto the next thing that I wanted to talk about as well, which is leaders within the Sikh month. I think we've had, actually, firstly, I'll ask you, what is your current thoughts on leaders within Sikki at the moment? Um, that's funny. I talked about this in one of my TikToks as well, that we have weak leaders in our month today. Uh, on a global scale, there's probably, I can count on my fingers who are like really sick, good sick leaders who are actually doing good for the font. Like when you look at Punjab, for example, we've had a experience of the 80s as well and the 90s of treason between, between our own community, right? We've had people who are in Sikhi Sarup but are actually destroying Sikhi. And, you know, obviously now like look at Punjab's youth and look at the Nashe problem that we have look at the lead in Badal and stuff, you know, in TPS Gill back in the day and Beyond Singh. Like these type of people are kind of, you know, really destroying Sikhi. So we'll, the leaders in our month need to get together. I think all these Jathe Bandis, right, especially in India, um, we need to like come up with a plan in the sense that we can actually preach Sikhi properly, right? Like, for example, um, in the Western society, I think that we really need good sick leaders. Like we have Jagmeet Singh here for NDP, um, but we need leaders who can actually describe Sikhi properly. And I, and I think the biggest Sikh leader that I've known who, who described Sikhi quite well in an English manner was Bhai Jagrat Singh Ji. I think he got people really close to Sikhi and kind of inspired everyone to learn more. And you know, the street pachars he would, he would do, or the debates that he would also do were really phenomenal to watch. And if we have more people like this kind of educating our month, um, that's that's what we need. Because right now we're in dire need of a good, good Sikh leaders all around the world. And it's a shame because I feel like there are good, good Sikhs out there, but these dirty politics and these things come in their way. They're like, I don't want to get involved in this because I know at the end of the day that there's so much like there's so much dirty uh, politics, corruption, and stuff like that, that it's best to just do Gup Seva or it's best to just do Pachar or local Gurdwari. They don't want to go at a larger scale. And I honestly, I don't know how to really fix this problem because I like, it's, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, but it's, it's something that's been bothering me for a long, long time about um, Sikh leaders and treason between our own community. No, it's something that's bothered me as well a lot. Because I've known some great Gursiks like, that they have for Sikhi, they're so respectful of it. And watching people like that not step up because they know that the politics of it is very bad. They know that if they start doing stuff or they try to do things right, then there's so much, there's so much that comes with that that they simply just can't they can't work on it. Um, but I think personally, the solution starts with Gudvare. Um, it starts with just Gudwara by Gudwara. I, I think of things like quite like 
maybe overly logical and not as practical as it could be. But the way that I see it is that there needs to be set practices within Gudwari. And those need to be within every single Gudwari and we should all understand why and i'm not saying that like oh i'm the one that should come up with those or, or, or you are or any individual is but we should collectively as a sangha come up with what are the main things within gudwari that we just cannot negotiate like it has to be done this way and when we have some foundation because right now we've got no foundation if someone walks into a gudwara or granthi decides one day actually no i think that this, this is different then they can just change the rules to what they think it should be and then everyone goes off on different paths and someone growing up in one Gudwara and someone growing up in a Gudwara next to it might have completely different experiences within Sikhi because they're taught different things. So we need something that connects all Gudwara where every Gudwara is like, yeah, these are the main principles that we follow. And you'd think with Guru Granth Sahib Ji, we've done that. Like we, we know what the main principles are, but unfortunately in terms of how Gudwara is actually run, it's not done in the same way. Like, every Gudwara is quite significantly different. But the way that we increase the amount of leaders within the Pant is actually by having leaders within the Sangat. So um, I think that every Gudwara should have Banj Amnatari six that are the six that you can go to for questions. If there's a problem, if there's something going on, then there's always those five, six who are ready at any time to deal with any problem, to answer questions, to come up with decisions. And I don't know if every Gudwara has that. And if they do have that, it needs to be accessible to everyone, particularly the youth. I know if I've got questions, I'm not going to go ask anyone in Gudwara about it. I'm going to sit at home alone and I'm going to research it. So already the Gudwara is not a place where I go to learn. That's terrible. That's, that, that's not where we should be at. So that's my kind of take on it at the moment. Obviously, that might change with time. Um, but yeah, I think the, the main thing is that we need to have good leaders in Gudwara and then, I don't know, then we'll have open discussions about it. People six on talking to each other like they should. They just think this is my path. This is what I want to do. That's their path. That's what they want to do. Come together, have a discussion about it. Actually debate them. The fact that you did that when you were younger with um, your Sangat, you said that, okay, this is what we're going to talk about. That's what we need more of. And that's, to be honest, the whole premise of this podcast, having these conversations so we can maybe come up with solutions to problems that we're facing. Yeah, and I think um, this this collectively as a sangha that you mentioned, it's a duty of the sangha, right? Like for example, Punjab's halat today, uh, we all have a part to play in this, right? Because that's where essentially you know most Sikhs live, most Sikhs come from. They, I feel like there should be a way that we should set up our dust one, for example, and kind of invest it in Punjab as well, right? Because that is where it's needed today. Look at the water crisis in Punjab. Like Punjabi, like our no Jawan don't know how to speak Punjabi, our drug uh, problem, the farming issues in Punjab, right? There's so many different types of issues and we should collectively as a Sangha to kind of donate money and really prosper Punjab. So make sure that we have good foundation there because that's where our roots are from, right? We should never forget our roots. And that would, I think would be really critical because what I see right now in Brampton, for example, is some youth are going to come from Punjab here and there's going to be like drug issues happening now. There's like drug wars happening in Brampton now and stuff like that. So like that kind of ideology back there, like Nashede, you know, that kind of ideology gets involved here into Brampton and Toronto and like all these six living here. 
and it, it's it's so bad. So if we want to fix the issue, we're going to have to go back to Punjab and start investing into Punjab, right? Like build infrastructure there, help the people there. Takarke Sikhi doesn't really get corrupted and Sikhi doesn't, you know, Sikhi stays as it's supposed to stay um, connected with its roots. Oh, I completely agree. It's interesting because like, uh, we have systems that the gurus have given us to use that would fix mm. literally like all the problems that we're facing but it's just about us deciding no we're not going to use them that's one if every sick was given this one even if it wasn't even 10 percent, if it was literally like five percent or like three percent or something like that and we collectively put that towards something we could have a huge impact but right now nothing's being calculated nothing's being checked no one's seeing where does this money need to go it's all done internally and we have no idea and everyone's yeah. turned a blind eye to it. There's, there's no system there. There's no yeah. unity. If we had unity within Sikhi, so many problems could be fixed. But right now, everyone's worrying about their own backs and because of that, we can't move forward. Cool. <laughs> One thing that you mentioned about how people are coming from Punjab, they're coming now to England and they're carrying the problems with them. They're bringing that thing into Sikhi. I see a lot of that happening with different cultures or Punjabi culture as a whole. Um, let's say, for example, drinking or um, Bhangra and things like this, which aren't part of Sikhi, but people a lot of the time tend to associate with Sikhi and they bring into Sikhi. Well, what are your thoughts on how culture affects Sikhi? I think the problem here is we've started to make culture more relevant in our lives compared to Sikhi. We've put cultures as something that we can relate to more. And we've put that over like Sikhi, like, you know, and it's so bad that my friends who, you know, are from like a different backgrounds, Chinese, Tamil, white, they think that drinking is something that's allowed in Sikhi. They think that, oh, Punjabis are known to get lit. You know, you guys, are really fun and stuff like that. You guys drink a lot. It, it's a shame that this is the kind of picture we're portraying here. And it's not only the youth from Punjab, it's even here too, right? A lot of the, it's not only fair to put the blame on the youth coming from Punjab, it's the youth here as well, uh, born in Western countries as well, that we've kind of given the people an image that we, we like our culture more than our religion. Like for example, uh, when you compare like, Bhangra or like dancing compared to Gatka, right? Look at the ratio of how many kids want to do Bhangra compared to how many kids want to do Gatka, right? And Shasta Vidya Gatka, issues in our bond. This is, I think, one of the biggest issues. Um, are we're like when you look at the world at six, uh, what the world sees six as caring, loving people, right? We're always giving longer to people, right? Always helping people. But the problem here is that we're losing our warrior spirit, right? Like people are starting to question, okay. Oh, you know, the gurus fought battles, you know, at that, that time there was Mughals, that's why you need to keep Shastas. Why do you need to keep Shastas today? Like, what's the importance of it today? Like, look at what happened in 1984, right? Like, all those, you know, when the mobs were coming into killing Sikhs, right? The people who had Shastas in their house, they would, they would be protected. They were able to protect themselves, right? We carry a Shasta not only to protect ourselves, protect everyone else, right? Like, if I see someone on the street who needs my help, I'm obviously going to use my words and I'm going to use my, you know, I'm going to use my hands, my legs. And at the last, last step, I will draw my Shastara to protect them. And even when 84, I remember that there was a commissioner or a police chief 
And he got a call from, I believe, Rajiv Gandhi. And Rajiv Gandhi said, let's burn Hazur Saab down, right? Such kind of Hazur Saab down. Um, and the police officer says, like, are you crazy? Have you seen how many shastras they have there? Have you seen the six Sangat around Hazur Saab? They have like 10 shastras in their house, right? Like, that's how important shastras are for six today. So if we start to read history and look at like Jeevanis of uh, Sikh Mahapurats, you'll understand that how important religion is compared to culture. You'll understand that in, first of all, I said this before too, Sikhi is perfect, right? We can, everyone can agree that Sikhi is perfect. Culture isn't. In Punjabi culture, we have alcoholism. We have, look at the rates of domestic violence as well. We have the uh, drug abuse. We have so many issues. But in religion, you're not going to have any of these issues. So if you put religion forward as your guiding step and you take the good things of the culture, of Punjabi culture, that's it. Like, you know, that's essentially what needs to happen. But our youth here today are confused on if they think that we can only follow one, culture or religion. That's completely false. Follow your religion and take the good aspects of your culture and, you know, you'll be happy. That's exactly how I would live my life. And that's how I would strive our youth to live their life by as well. Definitely. I feel like um, like my mom being from India, being from Punjab, there is a lot of, there's a lot of good things within Punjabi culture that like values that have been taught to me that I think that these are great. I mean, a lot of them might stem from Sikhi as well, but like if you want to take values from, um, from, from Punjab, then that's fine. No one's got a problem with that. But it's when you try to integrate them with Sikhi and then reclaim that, oh, no, no, Sikhi is actually this. So Sikhi is what I believe it to be when it's not the key was given to us it's our choice choice whether or not we choose to accept that i think it's very difficult to convince someone to like move away from their culture because that's what they believe you know that this is what my life is about this is what i was born for this is what my parents did this is what my grandparents did um but there needs to be some distinction there needs to be some understanding of again i think it comes back to leaders that we haven't said that this is sikhi this is culture there's a difference and we have to say like look if you want to be a sikh you don't drink that's not what sikhs do if you want to be a sikh you keep your case like there's a lot of there's a lot of influences in india like i i don't watch any bollywood films i don't like i'm not interested in anything like in terms of like india because i know that a lot of the stuff that happens there has just been so corrupted and not just like in recent times with like media and stuff like that, but like since like the 1700s, like the way that things were even before then, to be honest, there's been things within Sikhi where um, people have tried to twist Sikhi and like, it's like Chinese whisper slowly and slowly these, these small little twists that they say build up and build up. And then they say that, oh no, no, Sikhi, Sikhs do this or Sikhs do that. And it's like, well, no, Sikhs have never done that. And sorry, go on. No, I was just about to say that in the olden times, right, it was, we knew who the enemies were, right? Like Wazir Khan, Aurangzeb, right? These are our enemies here. Today, in our bunt, we have these people who are twisting Sikhi. For example, I, I'm not sure if you're uh, familiar, but there are people who want to do Amrit Sanchad with only Japji Saab or Sukhmani Saab. They feel like, for example, there's a huge debate, obviously, about Shri Dasam Granth, and they think that, you know, we should do Amrit Sanchad only from bodies from... Uh, Gugan Sabi, or there's people who say that Bhagat Bhani should not be in Gugan Sabi. I've heard about Gugan Sabi Suroops with no Bhagat Bhani in it, in it. I've heard about um, someone compiling uh, Gugan Sabi and Dasamgrad and putting it all into one uh, thing. I've heard in, in Brampton here on the outskirts of Brampton, 
um, there's a person named uh, Professor Darshan Singh who preaches, like Shariam talks about how we should do Amrit Sanchar with, you know, only Jabki Saab or only these Baniya that we shouldn't take anything from this Dasam Granth or Sri Dasam Granth and stuff like that. There's also people who have, like, for example, Kalaf Ghana here, who has basically said everything is Brahmavad, said Amrit Villa is Brahmavad, said, you know, every, like all this, all this kind of stuff is non-Sikhi. So it's very, this goes back to the first point that where you're getting your information from, look at these sources and stuff like that. Because in our months today, there are people who have Sikhi Surup, who have taken Amrit, who are preaching against Sikhi. So it's very difficult because today the enemy is within us and we have to wake up and understand that there are attacks going on in Sikhi today as well. No, I completely agree. I completely agree. It's a lot harder because like you said, we, we can't see the, the enemy. We can't target them and be like, these are the people that are in there. There's people who are out there. Um, but I try to be very careful with what I say about Sikhi a lot of the time. And if people are like, you know, as you said this wrong, or this is, you need to change that or something like that. I try to be as receptive as I can to that because I would never want to preach Sikhi falsely. But there's people who are going out there and preaching Sikhi, teaching their kids about Sikhi, and they don't know themselves, the first thing about it. And it's like, you're twisting the message. It's like, Sikhi is a choice. Sikhi has always been a choice as well. It was never forced upon anyone. That's that's one of the most amazing things about it. And when people are, are going around and like saying like, no, no, this is what Sikhi is. This is how it has to be. And it's like, you, you don't understand the history. You don't understand where it's come from. You're twisting it to make it suit your reality when that was never the case. And you can't pick and choose bits of Sikhi. That's another thing that like really, it frustrates me when I see people doing things. Like I remember someone was talking to us, oh, Sikhs don't need kids like this. I was like, so what? <laughs> where, where are you getting this information from like yeah. you can't pick and choose and it's like if you were at the start as well this is again i think i'm just going around at this point but when people were at the start and then they cut their guess i'm like that is it i don't think people understand the level of disrespect that is like like a fashion statement then it's basically yeah but it's like you got a lot of big kind of sick celebrities people say they're wearing at the start he's wearing a kara he's a sick he cuts his gas and he drinks alcohol. So is that louder within Sikhi? But there's no punishments for that. The thing about Sikhi being a choice is that if you don't want to follow Sikhi, don't, don't wear the star. It's like, it's like imagine someone wearing um, a headscarf, like a Muslim, and then like going out and doing things that Muslims are meant to do. It's like, well, there's no need to wear a headscarf in the first place. No one's asking you to do that. That's one thing that I think I don't know how to solve this issue as well, to be honest, but like, yeah, it's, the, go on. This Dil Saab Jatha, like what you bring up, you know, like about keeping like, Sikhi is only about being a good person and stuff like that. Like I've, it's, it's like, imagine like a bicycle, right? You have two wheels on the bicycle. One wheel is keeping your case. One is being a good person, right? That's how the bicycle is going to move forward for being a good Sikh. You take away keeping your case, you only have one wheel left. How's your bike going to go forward, right? You need both of those things to be a good Sikh, right? And there's so many, like, for example, the Dilsav Jatla talks about, like, in Gurgan Sabri, it doesn't talk about anywhere explicitly that you can't cut your hair and stuff like that, right? That's their biggest kind of argument of why they don't keep their case. But, like, when you look at Itihas, when you look at, like, for example, when you talk to them about Baitaru Singh Jishidi, you have no answer. When you talk to them about 
Um, Guru Govind Singh Ji talks about you have to be Jaisthari and Shastathari to get their darshan. They have no answer. When you do Ardas, you say Sikhanu Sikhi Dan, Gais Dan, they have no answer. When you talk about Gais Garsab, the first time Amrit Sanchar happened, why is it called Gais Garsab? They have no answer. And the last point, like for example, Guru Govind Singh Ji Sahib says that every Sikh has Panj Nishani, right? Then they say Ganga, Kirpan, Kashera, Kada, these four. But without your case, without your uncut hair, Baki four are useless. They have no answer to this Bhakti, right? So like, they're just, it's just a, some, some of them maybe have lack of education, but then some of them are just, just trying to twist sticky. Like, if you don't want to keep your case, that's your choice, right? You do what you want to do, but don't twist the religion to make it seem like you don't have to keep your case to be a good sick, right? That, that's one of the things that just, it's a little upsetting because people are, you know, the deal subject especially, it's just very cringe, to be honest. Yeah. The thing is, I, I empathize a lot with the deal Jatta because with little... So the reason I empathize is because <laughs> Sikhi is very difficult. I, from my personal experience, it's been difficult for me to stay within Sikhi, for me to follow the rules of Sikhi, especially being in a culture that doesn't have Sikhi values, Sikhi practices. It's very difficult to be a Sikh. One thing would be for me to just leave Sikhi, right? But I think these people understand the power of Sikhi and they know that they want Sikhi in their life. But because of the way that the world is and because of the way that Sikhi is, they think, well, I want to have the best of both worlds. They want to have a foot in each world. You can't do that. And it's hard. It's hard to say, like, I'm going to give up on the world and I'm going to focus on my Sikhi. I completely understand that's an extremely difficult choice to make. But you can't then just take parts of that boat and take parts of the other boat and then and it's not going to work it's not going to work because that's not what Sikhi was about so like I said like if people are like Del Saf or whatever and I know they get a lot of hate as well and partially it's understandable because you can't change Sikhi and you think you're going to go around changing a religion it's not going to do any good for anyone but at the same time I think that you need to ask yourself more critically, what is it that I want? What's the right choice for me? And if you think right now the choice is the world and you want to go towards the world, then I encourage you to do that. I would rather see you go towards the world and leave Sikhi. This is me personally. I'd rather see you leave Sikhi than you try to change Sikhi. That, that's the way that I see it. I mean... I'm trying to think i had one question while you're talking as well and it's completely slipped my mind but i was going to say do you have any questions for me as well or i, I was a bit random but do you have any questions anything about sikhi that you've seen maybe that you thought you know what it is i'm not sure um when it comes to sikhi i think like uh questions right now is before I ask questions, I do want to say one thing that the, for anyone listening or anyone watching, um, if you don't keep your hair or if you're not a sick right right now, uh, like a good sick right now, and let's say you do have kids, my biggest binti would be to put those kids into sick sanghats, put those kids into gurdwaras, sick camps, teach them sikhi, put them in good classes because I, what I've seen a lot and what I've heard a lot from TikTok 
is that people tell me that their family wasn't religious and it's very hard because their family cut their case um, at a very young age. Their family didn't educate them and stuff like that. So please make sure you keep your kids case and let them decide when they grow older, when they're in high school, let them make the decision if they want to keep it or if they not, if they don't want to keep it. I've seen a lot of times that parents will, you know, not teach anything about their, not teach anything about the religion to their kids and the kids will remain lost. And then when they grow up, they'll be like, oh, what's Sikhi? And it's very hard to transition um, from someone who comes from no religious background to a very religious kind of path like Sikhi. As you said, Sikhi is difficult. And so that's my biggest vinti. And I think for anyone who is also like struggling, if you read the Gurumukh's lives, if you read like, for example, in the 80s, like um, the tortures that Sikhs have to go through, for example, like the, the Shaheed Singhs who were captured by the Punjab police and what they had to go through, that's going to really ignite that fire in you to keep your case, to become a better Sikh and stuff like that. Um, but for questions for you, um, I think my biggest kind of question is what, what inspired you to, you know, make TikToks and stuff like that? What, what, like, what, what was like, okay, that's it. Like, I have to go on TikTok. I have to talk about Sikhi. Was there any event or you just felt like this is like a seva that you have to do for the summer? Um, it's interesting actually, because it wasn't initially TikToks that I started doing. I actually started this podcast. I think like three years ago um, and I did two episodes and I, I asked a lot of people, can I um, interview you? Can I, I was asking like people to, that I knew, I was like, look, I think it'd be really good. I think Sakin needs it. Um, and I literally got like no responses. People were like, I don't know about it. I don't know. So I was like, right, okay, that's fine. I think that this is what Sakin needs, but um, if this is not the path I can go down, what are the things out there that I can maybe look into? Um, and I've always been very like, it, it hasn't necessarily been about Sikhi directly for me. It was about finding things that give me peace and learning about Sikh values, learning about how to practice Sikhi. And that then giving me peace is what made me feel like, you know what it is? This is actually so useful. It's so needed within the world. I want to share this with other people. And it wasn't about telling them this is Sikhi, follow Sikhi. It's like, this is how I've become happier. This is how I found more joy in my life. And this is how you could too. That's that's been the premise of it. And then after I was like, all right, okay. I just got comfortable making videos because I had to do them for like different projects and stuff like that. And I was like, you know what it is? Um, TikTok, everyone's talking about it. I might as well try it out. Um, and then start making videos. I think I made videos on a few different topics as well. I think I, I do a lot on productivity, um, goal set and mindset, things like that. I made one TikTok on Sikhi um, and people were actually the first TikTok I made people were like oh this is so messed up why are you talking about this for blah 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 and it didn't do too well but the the second one that I made people were very very receptive to it Um, and then the more encouragement I got I was like you know what it is it was clear to me that people actually needed this knowledge and I, I never considered myself very knowledgeable I started the podcast because I also wanted to learn from other people but um when people start thinking when I started to see that other people didn't have this knowledge I was like right maybe I can share what little knowledge I do have because like I even now I still consider myself like such a beginner when it comes to Sikhi like there's so much that I don't know there's so much that I haven't even touched on that 
I have sometimes I feel like, oh, I don't know how I'm telling other people about Sikki, but I don't know what I'm doing myself. I don't know if you ever get that when you're talking 100%. about Sikki. When you look at the Sant's uh, lifetime and like, like they had, uh, I think it was Sant Baba Yishasimji, they had, um, like, if I'm not mistaken, they had like Guru Granth Sahib almost like Mujbani Khan, Siri Sablo, uh, Granth Sahib, Mujbani Khan, Siri Dasam Granth Sahib, Mujbani Khan. So I was like, man, what's the point of doing Kharki? Yeah, these kind of people here. But then, you know, it's it's so, it's it's amazing to see these people's life, right? And that's what kind of inspires me because uh, I'm just like, okay, wow. These people are at a stage where they're like, you know, like we wish we could be like, you know, even 1% like them. Like it's, it's amazing to see. Yeah. It is difficult though. Like sometimes when you're, you're posting videos and you do feel like, I mean, I'm speaking from my own personal experience. I feel like I'm second guessing myself sometimes as well, especially when it's like, there's no way that I can know everything. There's sometimes I might get things wrong, but majority of the time, if you put in the right research, if you look in the right places, what you're going to be saying is going to align with Sikhi. So that is good. One last question that I did have for you before we finish up is is there a Saki or is there something a story or experience that really like ignited that flame of Saki within you uh, there are a lot honestly but I think if I had to sum it down it would be the Sakis of Shahids really inspired me like they they kind of ignited that fire within me and I was like I want to get to this level of strength where I'm ready to sacrifice my body for my for Sikhi right like for example Baba Deep Singh Ji Shahidi or uh, Banda Singh Bahadur Shahidi right like taking their Ajay Singh right their kids heart and they put it into their mouth right and they had hot iron rods into their eyes of Baba uh, Banda Singh Bahadur right and then they did Chudo Chudo Baba Banda Singh Bahadur's body and stuff like that. Like learning about this kind of stuff, it's just, or by Mani Singh Ji Shahidi, right? Where he tells the Zalam to don't start from here, start from right here, you know, cut every, like, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like I, as a Sikh, I'm like, is this even possible? And I'm thinking about well, like what other people from other religions may think. They're like, how's this possible? Right? Like, it's that that level they have for Sikhi. It's just so inspiring, right? Guru Arjun Dev Ji Shahidi. And then it's not, and you know, some people are like, that happened in the olden times. Well, look at the records now, right? 1980s, by Nok Singh Babar Shahidi, right? And the January 1st just happened. Um, I forgot Jatadar Ji's name, but their Shahidi as well, when they were tortured in the police station. So all these kind of Sakis, these Shahidis were really really inspiring for me and i think that's something that's going to really help the youth learning about our shaheed six because their sacrifices and that's something that self-reflect too it's a it's a good chance to self-reflect that i think to myself that these shaheed things if they come back in time if they come in time now like 300 years after and they look at our bonds would they be proud would they be happy with the shahidis that they laid they laid their down uh they laid their life down for Sikhi? would they be proud about our bonds today right and I think the safe answer is no. And we all have to do, we all have to change ourselves. We all have to improve, right? And when we look at our Shahid Singhs, that gives us an inspiration that we want to become like them. So those, those kind of Sakis um, from the beginning really helped me. And from my, from a little age, right? I was always like, I know we're not supposed to have a favorite guru, but I was always really intrigued by Guru Gobind Singh side because 
I was really into guns and battles and shastas and all this kind of stuff. So that's always the kind of Sikhi I've been, you know, been really looking forward to. But it's really cool because the Sant Safai um, ideology came from Guru Nanak Dev, right? From the first Guru. It's not that Guru Gobind Singh Sahib did something completely different. It's the same Guru, same teaching, Daswe Guru, same joke, right? Um, when the Mughals came to invade India, for example, Guru Nanak Dev Ji's time, um, they were able to take it very clearly because that time in India, um, the people there, like, for example, the pundits and stuff, the Brahmins, uh, the Buddhists, they were very peaceful people. They didn't keep any Shastas with them. And they decided that we're going to do some magic. The pundits decided we're going to do some magic to make the Mughals blind. And they, they sat there, right, like hundreds of pundits. They started doing their um, job. And not a single Mughal became blind and they killed all the pundits there. That's how they essentially, you know, started to come into India. And that's where Guru Nanak Deji realized that for Sikh, you have to be a Sant Sipai. Where you have to do Bhakti, like do your Nam Simran, do that. But where it's time to pick up your Shastra, you also have to do that too. Guru Nanak Pasha also had Shastras, right? Not a lot of Sikhs know that too. So that's something that's been really inspiring to me. And obviously, I think the Char Sahib Zadis stories um that's Baba Fatih Singh Ji was really really cool and uh one big shout out to me and Manu that's something that I always love talking about the Sikh women's um their Shahidis as well um but yeah that that would basically sum up my favorite Sakis and Shahidis stories oh that's very interesting I feel like stories and Sakis is is really the fuel that like like maintains Sikhi Without it, we forget everything. We don't even understand why we're doing what we're doing. Because, like, yeah, the Barney, it's, like, it can be quite difficult to understand and interpret it. The Sakis are very, very clear and easy for anyone to understand. In English or Punjabi, they're both very, very powerful. So I think it is always a great place to start. And, yeah, all the Sakis that you mentioned, if people who are watching haven't heard about these Sakis, please do try and find out about them. Google them. I might leave some links in the description as well, so you can read about them as well. Um, or literally just look on our TikToks. I, I think we've both talked mm-hmm. about quite a few of them before in depth as well. So yeah, man, like it's been a pleasure having you on for the podcast. I really do appreciate you coming on for, to Sangha Talks. And yeah, just to finish off, just pull off at the Thank you for giving me this opportunity to come up. Um, I was actually planning to start my own podcast soon this year, right, for 2022. And, you know, maybe you can come on that too and get different because I think you're completely right that these kind of talks need to happen. Uh, education needs to happen. And podcast is a very big way that people are starting to listen to different people and stuff like that. And I feel like this between sick leaders and sick youth, if we have more of these kind of talks, it's going to become much more clear on what we should be doing. Like it kind of sets a path on, you know, okay, this is something that we should be focusing on. So again, thank you so much for inviting me. And um, if any of the Sangat has any questions for me, my TikTok DMs or my Instagram DMs are always open. I love to answer any questions you guys have. And yeah, Vaigachika Khalsa. Vai Guru, Vai Guru, Vai Guru, Vai Guru, Vai Guru. Vai Guru.